Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Backheeled Show. My name is Joe Lowry, and on today's episode, we're diving into the United States women's national team's lackluster performance at the Women's World Cup going on on the other side of the world in Australia and New Zealand. We'll talk about what's gone wrong and what could still go right for the U.S. as they enter the knockout rounds. We'll do it all in 10 minutes or less because here on The Backheeled Show, that's just what we do. So let's get to it and talk soccer. Let's start with what's been going wrong for the U.S. at the World Cup, specifically zeroing in on their nil-nil draw with Portugal that landed the U.S. second in Group E behind the Netherlands. It will likely put the U.S. against Sweden in the round of 16, but that could change based on what happens in Group G tomorrow, as I'm recording this on Tuesday, August 1st. It was not a good game for the U.S. against Portugal. They were uninspiring, a game that kicked off at midnight for me here in Arizona, 3 a.m. for folks on the East Coast and a normal person time on the other side of the world, which is bully for them. If you stayed up to watch this game, though you probably regretted that, at least in large part, the U.S. continued to show a lot of troubling themes that have plagued them under Vlako Andonovsky and that they don't have a real approach. They don't have a consistent identity. They don't press all the time. They don't lean fully into transition or into counterattacks or into trying to win the ball high up the field. They don't bunker and try to attack in transition. They don't control the ball and try to create chances that way. It just kind of ends up being this weird, bad attacking tactical soup that really limits what the U.S. can do with the ball. Sophia Smith, I thought, acutely felt the limitations of the U.S.'s system in this game. She was getting a lot of touches or at least a lot of play funneled to her in the first half. But it was all hidden hope stuff without any real structure around her. It was playing the ball without really thinking into Sophia Smith, who didn't have time to get set or the U.S. didn't have time to move Portugal's defensive shape around to let Smith receive the ball and face forward. Instead, it would be hit a quick pass to Smith. She doesn't have time to turn. So she's receiving with her back to goal. Portugal are right on top of her and the U.S. have to go backwards. The U.S. just don't have a lot of sophistication and how they attack in open play, which does genuinely limit this team. Yeah, they created chances. They created more and better chances than Portugal in this match. But the U.S. in general still feel like they're a ways away from where their ceiling is right now. Now, that's the biggest issue for this U.S. team. It is the attacking stuff. It's what players were asked about a lot after the game. It's what a lot of folks in in the media space, my colleagues and peers, have been talking about a lot. It's something that I've been talking about In the build-up to this competition over and over and over again, the U.S. don't know how they want to play. We saw that under Vlatko at the Olympics, where the U.S. finished third back in Tokyo in 2021. It wasn't just the result that was disappointing for the U.S., although third is not bad, right? The U.S. can't win everything, but it was also how they went about getting those results. They didn't have any cohesion. Players couldn't find good spaces to combine with each other. They didn't lean fully into a more direct approach to win the second balls either. It was just a lot of mush for the U.S. when they had the ball. And that's been true again in this tournament. And it's something that could genuinely send the U.S. home. It is absolutely possible that these poor attacking performances send the U.S. packing before they want to pack for the first time in basically a decade at a World Cup. That is a very real possibility. They could end up going home and being very, very bummed along the way because of their inability to find real balance and cohesion in the attack. Now, While I have made the argument on this show in the past, on past shows, on other shows, in articles, or backheeled, all these things, while I've made the argument and will continue to make the argument 
that the U.S. are underperforming because of how they go out, go about really playing with the ball and that they should be far better than they are. Just because they're not playing up to their ceiling doesn't mean that this team is destined to fail at the World Cup. And, and that, I think, is maybe the most positive spin anybody can put on these games. The U.S., despite looking uninspiring and at times disinterested against Portugal, they were still a better team. And I'm not sure like really how close it was either. The U.S.'s chances weren't as clean-cut as you would like them to be, but they outshot Portugal, they created more chances, they've been defensively stout in both of their games against higher-level opposition, Portugal and the Netherlands. They have the best defense in, in the entire world right now at this World Cup. They've only allowed 0.6 expected goals across their games with Portugal and the Netherlands. That's combined, 0.6. Their box has been a no-fly zone, and, and that's been a real asset for this team not that they have been flawless, but they have created some chances in the attack and they have been locked down defensively. Toss in some set pieces from the U.S. like Lindsey Horan's goal against the Netherlands that gets the U.S. on the board in that game and back into it to rescue a point. Toss in that in a few dangerous set piece moments here against Portugal. And, and you have real assets to go out there and win competitions. Now, I want to be clear. I'm not saying the U.S. has been good or dominant or particularly effective or inspiring at this World Cup. But I do think it is possible, still despite some uninspiring play, that this team can continue on and progress. How often are World Cup winners particularly exciting to watch or good at every little thing? I mean, I think about France back at the 2018 World Cup. They were flawed. I think about Argentina at the 2022 World Cup on the men's side. They were flawed and lost a game to Saudi Arabia in the first, in the first round in the group stage. I even think about the U.S. back in 2019. They did not have an easy road and didn't just march through the competition in style to go ahead and lift that trophy. It's not easy to do this. The U.S. haven't made it easy on themselves because of how they play, but it's also not impossible for their defense and set pieces and an occasional moment of brilliance for some of the attackers to go out there and turn the tide in their favor going forward. They could go on and have success or they could struggle. Either way, they can't really surprise us at this point. It's it's the nuanced take that nobody really wants to hear. It's the reality that the U.S. have been playing fine enough to keep getting results and muscling their way through the tournament. They've been better than every team they've faced so far, even though it hasn't been fun, even though it has been ugly. They've still been better than the Netherlands, mostly, and better than Portugal, mostly. That's one side of the coin. And the other side of the coin is that the U.S. also don't play well enough to really distance themselves from their opponents. And so they could be bounced. It's exceedingly possible for this U.S. team to go home early on in this competition. It could go any number of directions. They could go home. They could thrive. We don't really know what's going to happen. The U.S. women's national team is vulnerable and it's also capable. The one thing, though, that they can't do is surprise us because we've seen their flaws. We've seen their ability as well, not just at this tournament, but in past games and past competitions under Vlatko Andonovsky. That's it for this episode of The Backheeled Show. If you enjoyed, you can scroll up or down here in the Backheeled Show feed or go to backheeled.com and subscribe to support our independent American soccer coverage. For now, we'll talk to you again real soon.